Welcome to Monstrology. Uh, better late than never. We're coming at you one day later than usual. Uh, we had a visitation um, in, in this interview that has delayed things just slightly, but it's going to be all right. Um, and as always, I have to start with a hard-hitting question, Madrin. All right, hit me. Did you ever have a fear of things under the bed or in the closet or in the dark corner when you were a child? I, I don't know if it was like specifically, oh, I think there's something living under my bed or, oh, I think there's something living in my closet, but, but definitely uh, the, uh, it was always, yeah, there was always that like fear of the unknown, like, oh, the thing that goes bump in the night mm. and you don't know what it is. And like, you just get that creepy icy pit feeling in your stomach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely had a fear of the dark for sure. So anyway, I mean, under the bed, in the closet, or I remember like, being up at like my family cottage and like just looking into the woods was very scary. Like you just like, mm -hmm. I have no idea. There's all shadow or like anything could be lurking in there. And I have very active imagination. It was not good for me. Yeah, I way. remember. And yeah, and, and I do, yeah, like I said, I don't think it was really that it was specifically a fear of the dark, but it was the not knowing what might be in the dark. Mm. And, and, I, and, I, and I still kind of feel this way too. Like when, you know, when you get up in the middle of the night, and you want to go to the bathroom, you need to get a drink of water or whatever and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the darkness changes the scale of things or like, mm -hmm. you're like, oh yeah, I don't really know where the table is. And so you're kind of putting your hand out so you know you don't go mm -hmm. bumping into it. But there's still always that underlying fear that like, oh, maybe I won't, it won't be the table that I touch. It'll be something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it, a part of it might just be instinctual, right? That like when it's dark and we can't see very much or like, defenses are a little bit raised because yeah definitely, like that that feeling lingers like even into adulthood even though I don't have the same like imaginary fear like just the sense of like it's not as comfortable walking around in the dark obviously um but anyway today's guest is very comfortable in uh little various dark nooks and crannies um they may uh be in your closet right now they might be under your bed they could be in the woods they could be anywhere we're gonna find out when we interview them later uh because today's monster is the boogeyman the boogeyman is that the boogeyman has no specific set appearance one of the well, things and also, I always... like here you are saying boogeyman and then i've also equally heard bogeyman yes yes yes, yes. So, so like we don't even know specifically like how do we say his or her yes there, there. it's Name? Yeah, I found more evidence of he and that it was also sometimes like an androgynous character as well. Kind of an amorphous androgynous creature, yes. Yeah, um, but for the purposes of today, we are talking about boogeyman, bogeyman, boogie monsters, boogie persons, boogie persons, 
bogey persons and boogie woogies. <laughs> There's a bunch of things. They're all <laughs> uh, the same in, in for, for today. Um, but because there is no specific set appearance, um, the first thing to establish that is very consistent is that the boogeyman is a monstrous imaginary figure used in threatening children. And there's a scale of the severity of the threat, just like there is with some of our other monsters, where sometimes they're quite violent and dangerous. Um, not necessarily always, even with like with intent. Sometimes it's like just a um, instinctual like desire to like take the energy out of kids. Sometimes it's more of like a warning, um, like our like our pal Krampus uh, that we met over the holidays. And very occasionally they are kind of um, the flip side of what we would imagine to be like an insidious monster and they're like protective. That kind of threads into almost um, Sandman, which I think we'll do another day. Mostly I think it's warning and sometimes a very dangerous violent end, um, but there's kind of three versions that I would find. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, what I heard was like, oh, oh you better eat your vegetables or the boogeyman will get you. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, but it's not entirely clear what get you means like are you being kidnapped are you being eaten what's happening what does that get you but yes I remember even even in my own childhood in a teasing fashion it was for oh you better go to bed or the boogeyman will get you and of course Mm -hmm. like that was just enough of a threat when I was very young I was like oh I'm going to bed but in reflection it's like what does get you mean I think it's um, not to like overdo it but you know how I kind of like to read read into this a little bit And I think one of the things that I noticed when doing, especially my research for pop culture, that in a lot of the films, the fear comes from um, like a fear of sleep, but also like a fear of eternal sleep, a fear of death. And so I think that get you is just kind of like a lack of consciousness. Like it's like a, you are, you are done. Um, And the scary thing I think about sleep for so many people is like, we don't control it. Uh, whether we like it or not like in a lot of teen slashers or whatever like they have to sleep eventually they can only stay up for so long yeah. and then then the boogeyman will come for you uh, you can only delay uh, delay the inevitable just like you can only delay death so I think it has a very like uh, relatable fear for people um, there's a couple like tropes that the boogeyman hits even if we don't have appearances um, based off the way that it's been interpreted. So I'm going to go through those now because they might give people a sense of what the boogeyman is, even if we don't know why. Um, So sometimes they arrive in green mist. Um, They're often under the bed or in the closet, or as I said, kind of in the shadows. They often have long, creepy fingers, something about long, creepy fingers, sometimes claws, but weird fingers and a hat, like oftentimes they have a brimmed hat for whatever reason in a couple of the um, pop culture references that I found we'll talk about later. Um, And I don't think of the boogeyman as being short, although we'll get into a little bit of the history of him, usually I think of more as like a slender, uh, scary, almost almost like, you know, when your shadow is longer than you are, but it's just kind yeah, of, that's what I was. That's out. what I was just thinking with you know with the big hat and then uh, yeah, like you said, when I think of the boogeyman, I think of this very long legs, long arms, very long body, wearing a long coat or cloak a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. And I wonder too if that came from 
a way of adapting to being in the shadows or, you know, tucking yourself under the bed or into the closet and that sort of thing is this mm. very, you know, yeah, I can't really think of like a short squat fat creature no. easily hiding under my bed. It's interesting you talk about that there's like a practicality to it. Like a like a mouse that can get through a tiny like crack. it's yeah like it, like it seems like a like a slender um, enough they can sneak through any crevice like an evolutionary um adaptation you know to be able to adapt to to his or their uh surroundings or yeah. or or habitats yeah yeah they're more um spirit like like phantasm like than physical human body too I guess they sometimes manifest as like a a person in the way that we imagine them but I think that they're more of like a spirit plane being too um it's funny too that we have this very contemporary almost slender slim stretched out shadowy image because the first reference that I could find to the boogeyman was hobgoblins in the 1500s and they are as we know from our very first episode like short kind of goblin-y looking right. almost like troll gnomey things um and there's all this kind of, you know, uh, origin of the word, but um, Middle English, there's a word uh, bo bo boogie, like B-O-G-G-E, referring to a goblin or hobgoblin. There's um, Welsh booga and Old Norse uh, pookie, which also sounds like pixie. There's mm -hmm. um, boogja, which I think is like swollen or very large in like an old Germanic language. But it also pops up German, Dutch, Swedish, all these kind of boogie like variants of the word. Um, and there's also um, buggy, which is where bug came from. There's all, which I think maybe bug is a kind of similar kind of insidious, scary thing. It's just funny, they all overlap. And so sometimes mm -hmm. you get these like different strands that came together to form one thing. Um, right, and I was reading that the word bogey itself originated in around the mid 19th century uh, that and the speculation is that it maybe came from the middle english boggy or buggy mm -hmm. meaning just a terror yeah 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 um and that they think it's it's related to bugbear obviously oh, yes. bug yeah, meaning yeah. goblin or scarecrow and then the bear uh -huh. which is an imaginary demon so of course here comes this idea of this uh, you know, terror that's a demon and it comes in the form of, of, you know, and it come of a small, of a bear that comes to eat children. Mm -hmm. And then it generally became to mean something just to dread. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, it's, you know, it definitely seems to be, I think it just goes hand in hand with like children's active imaginations, or there's definitely mm -hmm. the, um, that there's almost like a, children don't get the benefit of the doubt from parents. Like if a child's like, there was someone in my room, there's always the repetition of like, oh, it's just your imagination. Like that's what makes the boogeyman right. extra scary is even if you told someone, even if you're very clear, like no one would believe you. And that's where so much of, I think the boogeyman's like power preys on that part of your brain that that's you're kind of getting gaslit by adults. Um, right, yeah, your parents are always trying to downplay, oh, like you were dreaming or you were just imagining things. Oh, it's just shadows. Mm -hmm. And that's where the boogeyman can actually, and, and, and I think too that that's why the boogeyman gets away with being a creature that is under your bed or in your closets or, you know, and, and in the shadows and the corners and things like that. Because I, I even imagine those are places that, adults don't generally go like I don't spend a lot of time looking under my bed as an adult no. but I'm sure children 
do, right? Or no, far, but even, far more, uh, right? You know, I, I don't have like a list of the boogeyman's abilities today, but it, it, for sure, if an adult was to look under the bed and the boogeyman was there, like they wouldn't see them. The boogeyman would hide. They, they clearly yeah, have the ability yeah. to hide well, you know? It's, it's one of those things that um, I guess stealth is a big part of their uh, abilities. Um, imagine, do you have some uh, kind of boogeyman around the world that you'd like to share with us? Yes, I found many instances in especially um, Latin countries or like La Hispanic American countries like Argentina and Uruguay, mm. Chile, places like that, uh, where there's a, a, a variant of the boogeyman who's a man who has a sack on oh, his the back. Sack man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the sack man. And he carries away all of these naughty children, which goes uh, I'll, I'll talk about my absolute hands down favorite pop culture reference when we get to that point, but mm -hmm. that kind of ties in in that way as well. I think too. I know exactly what you're thinking. <laughs> oh, great. Great. Yeah. Uh, great. Um, but then, yeah. And that like, but basically it seems like pretty much every country, every culture has their own version of it. And I, one of the favorite ones, I can't believe I've never heard of this before is that I found one that's from Quebec and French Canada, mm. where their boogeyman is Bonhomme Scepter, which is the seven o'clock man. Okay. And it's, which seems so specific. So children are warned that if they don't go to bed by seven o'clock, Mr. Seven o'clock man will come to take them away. <laughs> it's, it, to me, it seems very early. Like it should be like, well, 10 o'clock man. No, but if you think about in, in French Canada and Quebec in these more rural areas, especially if you get further north, it get, it's quite dark by that's seven o'clock, especially in the winter, right? So it's just, it seems, it's that's so funny to me. It's like, there's a very specific boogeyman monster that has like a very hard set bedtime. <laughs> and I hope like oh, a very I... like thick Quebecois accent as well. I hope so, yeah. <laughs> and then And then I also got to wondering like, Oh, well, if the Bonhomme Scepter exists, is he, does he maybe know Bonhomme the Snowman, who is the, oh. the mascot of all the French Canadian winter activities that we all mm. grew up knowing and loving? Like, of course, my imagination is like, oh, I wonder if they're pals. <laughs> yeah. We should know. I, oh, I don't know. That's another and one then, of those. Um, there, was one, go there was one that I found uh, in, in Brazil and Portugal. There's one that's the Bicho Papau, which is the eating beast, mm -hmm. um, which and then there, there he has a counterpart, uh, a counterpart, which is the Hamem del Saco. So that, and they, that is their like the Brazilian version of the sack man. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting is that the Bicho Papau is the daytime boogeyman. And then oh. the home del Sacco is the nighttime one. <laughs> so, so they get you if you don't wake up and also if you don't go to bed? Well, like Bicho Papao scares naughty children and he's of the more traditional hiding under the beds or closets or that kind of thing. And then the Brazilian sack man usually kidnaps children who wander off without parental uh, gui uh, guidance or, or authorization. Like, you know how you're always warned like, Okay, now you make sure that you hang on to mom's oh, ham in the grocery store. So I like did? if you're that kid who wanders off away when you're when you're out shopping with your parents or you know if you're at a festival or whatever and you get separated from your parents, that's the monster that's going to come mm -hmm. to get you. I did see in my research that the boogeyman is literally just like the epitome of stranger danger. Like he is absolutely yeah. the thing that you do not take the lollipop from, etc. <laughs> you know, you do yes. not want to end up around with the boogeyman. Yeah. Or that's, and there you know, are, that's yeah, the there reputation are like, they have. And there are so many 
cultures that have children's songs that have to do with their boogeyman and things mm. like that too. So like I was reading about um, like in Finland and in Germany uh, and, and, you know, kind of in and around that area of Europe, there are so many different versions of what is like um, it, it roughly translate almost all the time as the black man, meaning mm. that like, uh, like of the shadows and, you know, a dark shadowy figure kind of thing. Right. Um but there are so many children's songs and children's games that are basically like, who's afraid of the, of the shadow man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's how you sing it. Um, the, all these different songs. Yeah. So like there's one in Finland that translates to who's afraid of black Peter. There's one in Germany that translates to um, yeah. Who's afraid of the black man. And basically it comes down to like, Oh, we're children trying to scare each other as to who's afraid of the creatures in the, in the shadows. Mm, I've got a good tie in <laughs> for that when we get to pop culture. Oh yeah. Ooh. Um, yeah. So I guess on that note, I'll give you a uh, last call for uh, history before we take a little bit of a break. No, I, well, I mean, there, I, we, we could do several episodes as, as to, like I said, I found basically a version of the boogeyman in almost every single mm-hmm. country and yeah. culture that there is. So I, yeah, those Belgium. were just some of my highlights. <laughs> I, I saw references to boogeyman in Belgium, Netherlands, Germany, mm-hmm. um, Netherlands, I said that already, Latin America, Spain, Italy, Albania, um russia which we'll get to in pop culture too um but anyway they're all over the world so please go uh go off the deep end and look for some uh boogie man uh you can pause now and then come back and uh, we'll compare our findings we're gonna take a little bit of a break and we'll be back uh very soon There is a lot of pop culture that we can get into for this monster today. Um, oh, yes. An abundance. An abundance, um, which is always a danger because I could talk forever, but I won't. Um, so I've tried to narrow it down a little bit, but I, especially because this particular monster isn't tied to a specific form. It's easy mm-hmm. to be like, oh, that could be a boogeyman. Oh, that could be a boogeyman. Oh, I guess if you look at it this way. So it's like, it seems like a bit of a wide brush. But there is some um, that I think are really great examples in film, music, TV, um, video games. There's a lot of good boogeymen to talk about. Um, I even found several, like at least four movies just called The Boogeyman. And they're all four completely different films. And that's not even talking about movies where our antagonist by definition could be a boogeyman Mm. like this one was straight up like this movie is called the boogeyman yes i did not watch the boogeyman franchise i looked into it It, there's a franchise yeah there's like one two three four i think well even i'm not even talking about that maybe three maybe four um i decided to spend some time watching films that i hadn't seen that i was like oh i really should have seen this movie um so there's a lot of good ones the first thing that I thought of in terms of a movie isn't even a traditional uh, monster movie, but it's the John Wick franchise because they oh. refer to John Wick as the boogeyman, Baba uh, Yaga. Yeah. And he is, he is the fear that comes and gets you and kills you. And I've seen, I haven't seen the third one, but I've seen, I think both of the first two. And it's very much his nickname and what he does. And it's not to children, but he 
is the object of fear and the accountability that comes for you. Right. Every time he shows up, everybody has heard of him and they all fear him immensely. Mm-hmm. Just the, and I, and I, and you're right. It is the idea of what he could possibly do to you. That mm-hmm. is the scary part before he even starts punching people. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it's just, he, he preys on the fear. It's different because it's adult versus children, but that's just like popped in my head. And I was like, oh, cool. Nice. Um, and I think yeah. they also do say Baba Yaga, which is the, the Russian. Um, right. Movie. Yeah. Um, the next thing that kind of popped into my mind, which is a franchise that I do love is the Halloween franchise, because they also mm-hmm. refer to Michael Myers as the boogeyman. And early on in the original film, I'm not sure if they do this in the sequel one that Danny McBride produced, which is its own thing. The newest ones, it's like a little bit more funny, uh, funny slasher. And the earlier one, I think is just like such an amazing, like quintessential slasher, the first Halloween movie. Um, But uh, Tommy is one of the characters is teased early on into believing like, he's gonna get you, he's gonna get you, the boogeyman is coming. And then later on, Tommy sees Michael carrying the body of of a character, Annie outside. And he's like, oh no, Michael is the boogeyman. And clearly he also is like referred to as this, fear in the neighborhood that everyone knows about that the teenagers are like afraid of he's like the embodiment of madness he doesn't even quite have a logic that makes sense like he's seemingly unkillable um yeah so michael myers even i can't remember what they call his mask now but his his mask has like a neutral name to it too well maybe one of our listeners can (laughs) remind me like the way that they refer to his mask in the movie yeah like there's um there's a name for, I mean, it is like a neutral looking like latex mask that he wears on top of like the Michael Myers mask, but it has like, I think a specific name. Anyway, um, yeah. There is also the, a film, so those films I had seen before, but the film that I like kind of watched to prepare for today was um, Nightmare on Elm Street. And there mm-hmm. is a ton of very specific boogeyman tropes. So of all of them, I say like Freddy Krueger is maybe the best monster boogeyman interpretation in film uh, in terms of let's just say like accuracy um there's the trope of he comes when you're sleeping he preys on um like the teenagers versus like young kids but he's got the long fingers that are like claws um he's always hiding where you least expect him there's so many good kills on a bed like um uh, if anyone has any uh, conflicting feelings about Johnny Depp right now, there's a very satisfying kill that he's involved in uh, later in the movie. And earlier on, there's also a great, um, I think I've like complained on this podcast before about my trope of like, I don't like seeing faces of things that don't have faces, but there's an awesome, like, I don't think it was in, it's in Poltergeist too, but I think the first um, Nightmare for Elm Street is before Poltergeist of um, you think it's a wall, but you realize it's latex and you see the hands and a face like pushing through the wall, like breaking oh, yeah. into another dimension. And it's like the, the characters in it don't see it, but you you see it in the background. It's like yes. so effective. The Frighteners did that to fantastic effect yeah, in that movie. Yeah. They, they use it in, I think the first season of Stranger Things too, like yep. the latex wall. It's like a trope that's become so iconic. And it was so satisfying. I don't know why I haven't seen this film because it was like, oh, that's where that came from. That's where that came from. That That's where that came from. Like Wes Craven was really on it. Um, and it's also like 
the music, the score of it, yes, it's a little bit creepy, but it's also kind of weirdly upbeat. Like, you know that he's having fun with you as you're doing it. Some of the images are themselves are quite chilling, but like the movie keeps you going without it being too um, overbearing. Great watch. Um, highly recommend. Comes <laughs> with the most accurate version of the Boogeyman I got. So um, it really was a good um, kind of podcast find. Um, yeah. Madrin, why don't I let you talk about the movie that I assumed you were going to talk about and um, I'll just be excited on your behalf. You make it sound like I'm just so predictable and boring instead of that I just love really great oh, movies. Oh, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I would have talked about this too, but I, I, I assumed, <laughs> I think rightfully, uh, that you had this one in mind. So I, I have previously talked about this movie on some of our other episodes as we all, anyone who is listening knows that I absolutely love this movie so, 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 so much. Uh, and of course I'm talking about The Nightmare Before Christmas and our antagonist is Oogie Boogie. Uh, mm-hmm. He is the shadow of the moon at night. Uh, he tries to turn Santa Claus into snake and spider stew. Uh, he's super creepy. He's got his own super bopping, catchy song and dance number. Mm-hmm. He, he's amazing. And then what I love about it too, I hadn't really put two and two together until I was doing the research on the show, is that he is made of a sack. Mm-hmm. Like the sack man that we were talking about that other cultures have as their boogeyman. Now mm-hmm. with Oogie, Oogie in Nightmare very specifically is a sack stitched together, holding together all of these bugs and worms and creepy crawly things. Mm -hmm. And that that is kind of like his essence. But again, that comes from that very like, oh, it's those gross, dark things that you, that are in the dark that you can't see and you don't know if they're there. Mm -hmm. That ties in a little bit to, there's a, there's a sequence in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street where like somebody sees Freddy Krueger and he cuts into himself and out comes all these like worms and like maggots and stuff like the it seems to be a boogeyman trope too that like the fear of like the thing inside you like instead of muscles they've just got like disgusting decomposing mass um it's good and it's like with a weird with with a weird delight it's like uh, well done um like that i was also i found i was not able to watch it but i kind of want to watch it because uh lucy lawless is in it and i absolutely love her she can do no wrong um and maybe like this is the yeah i think this is the series that you were talking about because there were two direct-to-video sequels but mm-hmm. it's called boogeyman mm-hmm. and it's starring uh the guy from seventh heaven barry watson <laughs> and uh emily deschanel of bones fame mm-hmm. um yeah, and it's about this guy who, as a kid, witnesses his father being taken by the boogeyman. And so he spends his whole life protecting himself from the boogeyman. So, like, he sleeps on a mattress on the floor so that he doesn't have an under the bed. And he removes all the closets in his home and only uses a dresser drawer. Mm-hmm. Um, Good for him. Smart. And then, yeah, you know, he's smart. He's, he's proactive. Um then his mother dies and so he has to go back to his old childhood home and so of course like creepy things start happening to him again and um he brings his girlfriend with him and she gets uh kidnapped by the boogeyman and what i found really interesting about this movie is that there's a lot of like dragging through closets and it almost as though it's like other dimensions or it takes mm-hmm. you in, like so like people get dragged by the boogeyman say like from the closet in the hotel and he gets dragged back into a room in his old house 
Yeah, this is, and again, they're almost like portals, which is a very interesting thing that I hadn't read about. <laughs> that's with very, other that's very yet. Monsters Inc. The the closet yes. as a portal, but oh, um, that's true. Yeah, yeah, th- it, that's a big thing in Nightmare on Elm Street's Freddy Krueger's boiler room, like this weird space in which uh, spoiler like like that character dies and stuff. Like that's part of like the origin story, but it's this weird kind of dreamscape existence. Um, and that also pops up into a, cother, a couple other one of these. So one of my absolute favorite films is Pan's Labyrinth. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast yet. I'm sure we don't. No, I don't think again. we have yet. Um, but um, kind of Guillermo del Toro's version of the boogeyman is uh, the pale man, which is the one where she goes in and they're like eating this like very ornate um, meal and he's got the two eyeballs that go into his hands and mm-hmm. and it's like such a beautiful terrifying image of these long fatty fingers um and a lot of like his arms are flaps that seem like they're like partially cut but also just like uh both old and like like i don't know it's such a like creepy image um that if anyone's seen that it also like he eats children he's he's the extreme level of like this boogeyman is not good and it's not even so much that he delights in it it's just that he will eat you like given time you see him like rip into pixies and stuff and bite their heads off but Mm -hmm. as soon as he sees that you are in his like labyrinth he is going to devour you it's just a matter of when not if um which is a great kind of unrelenting horror uh to itself as well um we did talk i think on one of our episodes about the babadook which totally falls mm-hmm. into boogeyman territory so many nice like um shadow images that the babadook plays into very much like a, a kid that's not being believed um if we're looking for- yes i was reading about this uh, this really great australian movie mm-hmm. uh called the babadook mm-hmm. that uh like in yeah in reading it's about awesome. the synopsis i was like oh this sounds great i want to it's see really this movie good. now yeah and it's got a very like storybook, like he sneaks in, you know, when you open the door and you don't know that he's there. Um, if we're looking for a family friendly version, as sometimes we stumble upon, um, the main antagonist in The Rise of the Guardians, which I saw a long time ago, but it's kind of like all the uh, kind of mascots of different holidays have like a super group and their antagonist is Pitch Black, which is like the, oh. the boogeyman. And, but there's also like Jack Frost and the Easter Bunny and all of these people have to team up to deal with the Boogeyman, um, who's named Pitch Black in that franchise. Um, there's some good instances of the Boogeyman in TV and cartoons as well. Um, there's one on the real Ghostbusters. I don't know if you remember that show. But I do I remember that remember show. They yes. always play it seasonally around Halloween. I guess at that point, it was a, you know, a long, long standing rerun, but there is a good kind of non-scary boogeyman but he does also have that kind of boogeyman dimension like he comes and goes from closet doors or he exists in this kind of weird halfway space Mm -hmm. between reality he's got like a giant head because it's uh, ghostbusters cartoon so i guess it's slightly less scary um and there is also the boogie man in powerpuff girls who is known for boogieing disco style more so yes. than he is known for <laughs> boogieing yep. and scaring you um so those are some great instances in uh, cartoons as soon as as soon as we i started thinking about pop culture references to boogeyman the thing that immediately popped into my head was an old episode of the simpsons okay <laughs> Oh my God, this was, it has absolutely, the episode has nothing to do with Boogeyman, but this was, this is a very old episode. It's season five. Uh-huh. I think it's called, um, 
how I learned to stop worrying and love gambling. But the, the plot revolves around Mr. Burns creates a casino in town and Marge becomes addicted to gambling on the slot machines. Uh-huh. So like she gets deeper and deeper into it. And like, she stops coming home to make dinner. She'll like, she didn't make uh, Lisa's costume for right. the pageant, but there is a scene. It's hilarious. Everybody's home asleep. Marge has been off gambling all night. And Lisa comes in and she wakes up home and she said, dad, dad, uh, I, I had a bad dream. And he was like, oh, Lisa, I'm sure it's fine. You can just tell me about it. You know, he's half asleep. And she's like, well, I know it's really silly, but I had a dream that there was a boogeyman in my closet. And then of course, Homer in classic Homer style goes, ah, boogeyman. Oh, no, what? Then he bursts into Bart's room and grabs him. He's like, I don't wish to alarm you, Bart, but there may be a boogeyman <laughs> or boogeymen in the house. And so he gets the whole household riled up. And uh-huh. so by the time Marge finally rolls in at like 3 a.m., they are hunkered down in the foyer of their house behind a mattress and he's got a shotgun uh-huh. and he's obviously been like shooting at any shadow or anything that moves. And so he almost kills Marge. And she's like, what happened? And in an absolute moment of clarity from Homer, he said, Marge, if you had been here to keep me from doing something crazy, none of this would have happened. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And is that her like rock bottom moment where she's like, oh, I need to stop gambling? (laughs) I know that's not the rock bottom moment. (laughs) But yeah, but (laughs) but it was just so, where Homer is just like, oh, nothing bad happened, Marge. Just an episode involving the boogeyman. (laughs) If you had been here, you would have kept me from doing something crazy it's just so funny oh if you want to look it up and watch it it's hilarious oh um yeah there's a lot of good tv i have like a vague recollection of that episode but i have to go through and just do a proper simpsons rewatch well they're all on disney plus you should yeah yeah, and now back in the original aspect ratio too so you don't lose all the jokes um all of the signage yeah there is also a boogeyman video game which um is very much like you're hunting the boogeyman. I don't know that much about it as I haven't played it, but it also exists in VR, which to me is like, I don't know if I want that. Like you're stumbling around in the dark looking for something that's sneaking up behind you. Almost like um, Doom. Yeah, there's Doom. There's another game like- turn a corner and there's a monster. Ah! Five Nights at Freddy's, which I think is more of like a campy fun version. Um, There's a bunch of those movies now. um, There's also a game right now that's been like franchised into a bunch of, different versions where basically some of you play the survivors and some of you play the killer and you do it like uh, online with one another and it's like a player versus player um that's cool there seems to be a lot of like games that take into the fact that you've got like surround sound and surround experience now um i don't know if that's how i would spend my free time uh, so there's enough fear in real life as it is um <laughs> there's a really good song too so this is what i was thinking when you were talking about um uh some of the origins of the word of boogeyman childish gambino has a song called um uh boogeyman and with two o's and he uses it as a metaphor for the fear of both like police brutality and blackness so when you're talking about like the, mm-hmm. the black man and it's very smart i mean i think a lot of his it's also like a jam it's a good song but um it's the utility of the image of fear and the fact that like so many of the police officers say when they shoot someone that they're like i had to i was so afraid like they are terrified of this otherness and he's like subverted it in the song which i think is very clever like utilized the fear into that um metaphor so um give that a listen if you haven't heard that album i think it's awaken my love is the full album um 
There's also the Halloween theme in the most recent movie. John Carpenter has a version of the Halloween theme called Boogeyman, which to me just solidified the fact that I had already imagined Michael Myers as the Boogeyman, but it's like that version, but with piano and more ambience. Um, yeah, lots of good stuff here. Any other um, thoughts for pop culture, Madrin? Well, I don't really know because this is not a world in which I know much of anything about, but apparently there was a professional wrestler who was oh, the yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, and so he first came out um, in the early 2000s when they were doing like a reality competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, WWE was doing one to like basically create new wrestling characters. And so he was one of the finalists and he ended up. Um, being in a couple of seasons of WWE's SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the in the little bit that I was learning about him, it seemed to be that the Boogeyman's gimmick was all about worms and bugs and that sort of thing. Mm. So like there's uh, at one point, um, you know how, how they create rivalries between different wrestlers? Uh-huh. He um, was going after one of his rival's uh, managers who was a woman and like, shoved worms down her skirt Mm. and uh then uh, at another point he was going after another one of his rivals and he dumped buckets of worms all over the announcer table Mm. and like scared all of the commentators and things like that so again with that whole like the gross worms dirt uh thing that's a whole thing with wrestling is the the relationships that they build in the narratives are like really fascinating. Like it's, I find that more interesting than reality TV because at least it's accompanied by like cool staged violence. Uh, but that's, I think part of the whole appeal is you see the like growth and evolution of these characters very much. Sometimes they think about like what wrestler is an antithesis to another wrestler. Like it's a lot of moving pieces, which is cool. Yeah, like when I was a teenager, I had a couple of guy friends who were really into wrestling and essentially Mm -hmm. they said it was like soap operas for guys because Mm -hmm. they would create these really heightened extreme worlds and narratives and these different relationships between the characters that could go on for a really long time mm-hmm. and why it is that they either loved each other or hate each hated each other and the different methodology that they used in that way too and so i think as an art form it's quite interesting it's just it just happens to be something that i just didn't really ever get oh yeah into. yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah boogeyman's a good i think his real name is martin wright uh the yes. boogeyman yeah and i just think it's a it is a good wrestling name too because who wouldn't fear the boogeyman right in the same way right and there's another like, thing it's like oh you build up this reputation and so you're so afraid of him before you even actually meet him in the ring mm-hmm. that you're you know you're you're weakened already just by the psychological fear mm-hmm. that he's instilled in psychological yeah. torture has come yeah. for you and then last but not least i thought that this was really interesting there is a series of comics called the bogeyman okay and I thought it was, I want to go and find these books now. I thought this was so cool. Um, the main character is um, a guy who is a mental patient and he suffers from the delusion that he is a mashup composite of, a composite of all of Humphrey Bogart's characters. Oh, because Humphrey Bogart was often referred to as bogey by uh-huh. his fans and in the media and that sort of thing too. So this guy suffers from the delusion that he is like an amalgamation of all of bogey's characters. And so Weird. that is his character name. So yeah, so like there's um, it's very an moon issue. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, uh, there's an issue where a bunch of like very small time criminals have stolen some turkeys and they're trying to fence them. <laughs> and uh-huh. so this those turkeys remind our 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 character of the maltese falcon Mm. so then he like 
drags this waitress that he meets and a bunch of other people into like trying to solve the crime because mm-hmm. he, it like it makes him think of the Mel Hughes Falcon. And there's another one that's about like um, his character from Casablanca. Uh, yeah, it's just it's it. Yeah, it's I want to find the series of uh, of comics now because like I can't imagine that you are somebody who thinks that you are a mashup of all of Humphrey Bogart's characters. I'm just, I'm just stuck on, I feel like turkey theft is such a great small time crime. It's yeah, <laughs> it exactly. Like, a, right? like, like something a, an early uh, Spider-Man villain would do, or he's just swinging by and he's like, Hey, stop stealing those turkeys. You know, it's uh, uh you know, your local villains. Um, well, yeah. I, we, we've, we've really dug into the history and the pop culture here, but the main event is after the next break. We have Peter Boogieson. Uh, we'll find out whether that is the correct pronunciation when we get back from the break. Uh, but um, they have offered up some of their time for us to learn a little bit more about them. And uh, yeah, uh, I, I can't wait. Hopefully um, they won't addition, uh, additionally visit us in our dreams tonight. Hopefully we can keep it specifically in the podcast, but Um, This is the life I chose. So we'll find (laughs) out after the break. Welcome back to Monstrology. We are at our third segment, the best segment of the show. Uh, We are now uh, uh, ready and primed for our interview um, with um, Peter Boogieson. Uh, Peter, how are you doing today? I'm doing so great. It is just so lovely to be here. Will Madrin, thank you. Wow. Thank you so much. Madrin, I didn't even say our names, and yet uh, Peter seems to know them. So I guess uh, I guess they they really have a good. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan. I'm a oh. big oh. yeah yeah oh. I, I yeah. Let's just say <laughs> it's it's been great. Long time listener, like long time before the podcast, also like listening. Yes, yes. Oh, um, okay. since your okay. since your early days, Will uh-huh. at that at that first house mm-hmm. and Madrin, I didn't catch up with you until you were in that bigger room with the large bay windows. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. um, great. Well, I mean, you've still known me for for quite a while, then. Yeah, that's a that's an intimate that's, relationship, I suppose yes. we have. Well, I'm so thrilled to finally uh, to meet you. Um, now, where are you um, uh, joining us from? Uh, are you in some sort of like alternate dimension, or do you have a place on you know this kind of earthly plane? Yeah, it's hard to explain. I don't necessarily have a way of explaining it. Um, okay. It's it is sort of in another dimension. Uh, it's a little portal type situation, you know. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, is there specific like portal entry points? Like, are you uh, uh, like yeah. closets, beds, that type of thing? Closets and beds. Yeah, those are the main ones for sure. Yeah, we really, you know, either stick to one or the other. It's actually quite a division oh. amongst our community. Whether you're um, the bed dweller or a closet dweller. Now, does anyone have a really strange dwelling, like somebody who comes in through a phone or something? Like, is there any uh, kind of weirdo portals? There was this, there was my my second cousin, Stephen. He was a bit of a black sheep. And uh, he, he had this, you know, weird kind of side table thing going on. Um, but he just discussed, there weren't, there weren't enough of them he found. So right. I think he moved back in with his parents, mm-hmm. you know? Oh. 
maybe yeah. that would have been good on the heyday of everyone having their TV tables, you know, yeah, getting yeah. in there, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, scaring people. But I feel like TV tables, that that fad has kind of passed a little bit. Well, so. you're right. I mean, most TVs now, people mount them to the wall. So you mm-hmm. don't really need a stand for your television anymore. Well, and that's, I find that's for the best. I In my early days, I just kept knocking them over when they oh, were just sitting there yeah. on the, you know. And then, so now, and then you yeah. lose your portal and you're stuck too yeah. right if you, if you if you come in on something that uh folds up you might lose your um, entry point or exit exactly point. yeah well you know anyway it's i guess now's a good time as any to say um i basically left the family business um oh. you know yeah well so you know my okay so this is the story i was born into a bit of controversy right so okay. my mother came from a long line of uh, bed dwelling uh, uh-huh. boogie people and my father from a long line of closet dwelling boogie oh. people and um, you know they met in a, a child's home uh, you know in his bedroom I th- his name was Elon, Ellen Elon Musk oh. Um, oh. they I don't know who that is but they they both um, it's nobody I wouldn't worry yeah about they, they they you know came out to see if you wanted to play but he got scared and he ran to mommy um, which was the the name of um, the robot that he was building in the garage mm-hmm. and so um, that my parents were you know alone and so they I was conceived there uh-huh. Uh-huh. right there on his on this the this spaceship bed sheets and so you know i um basically didn't quite love this 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 lifestyle as i can't you know i got bullied in school and just learning how to scare kids and you know so you went to a boogie school oh yes we all go to boogie people yeah and what what do you study what just had a boogienomics just had a boogie yeah yeah just exactly yeah yeah um boogie math um uh, you know, boogie well, history. You know, I, is a big boogie one. history. Um, oh yeah. I, don't know I can imagine. Know. I, I can imagine. There's a lot of physics involved in the the portals, right? So that seems like yes. you know, some pretty yes. important boogie math. That was a required course in all yeah. in all of the years of portal physics. Yes, school. I portal would imagine. Yeah. Physics, yeah. But I just, you know, I just quit. I just didn't want to do it anymore. I was because what I found is that every time I wanted to come out, I just wanted to come out and and play with the yeah. kids. You know, yeah. and um, yeah. they 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 were just always so scared, and and I guess also sleeping. I I, I were I guess what you call nocturnal. So I don't know, but anyway, so I quit. I started trying to become more like a human. Really? Okay. okay. Oh, how's that going for you? It sucks. I don't yeah. know what the yeah humanity is not great. There's, yeah. there's some tricky bits to that. Yeah, it's not um, been good. Yeah, yeah especially the past couple of years not ideal um no so so are you do you have a do you have a job here on this earthly plane or like how are how is it that you are trying to mm, work yes. in your humanity right so i yeah you know i i had to gather some human money if i was mm. gonna do this mm-hmm. right so you know in the early days i felt a bit bad but i had to kind of steal from the families you know whose closets i was staying in and, okay. and i would i would only take a little bit here a little bit uh-huh. there and that that sort of thing and well but you know what's going to happen though with that is is the parents are going to blame the kids say that they've been stealing yeah. so that maybe the guilt yeah. you know adds up a little bit there it does it does to be yeah so i i felt bad and then once i had enough just to get myself by um basically i figured the first step was to get some 
work done uh-huh. on my um, my face just to look a little more um, human. Uh-huh. Okay, uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you've you've gone a, done a really good job at specific points. Like you know, like that your eyes very um very nice layer there. It, yeah. It's just you can definitely see the um former um let's say boogie person bits underneath. It looks a bit like you're wearing um you know like a human uh skin mask. Yes. Yeah. Um, I've gotten that feedback before. Now, like I said, I was only gathering the amount of money I could went to kind of an underground surgery kind of situation, Uh, black market. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, no, I am just wearing another human's face. Yeah. yeah, You've got a really good, can you just turn to your left? Yeah. So, so that, that's your good side. Just so you know, Uh, take some photos and the other side is still very scary. Um, That's my boogie. That's where I boogie on this side. Yeah. yeah, It's almost like a, like a Harvey to two face thing going on a bit. Yeah. 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 I don't know this. Is this a, um, I don't oh, know this, this reference. A, it's a it's a character in a, in a oh oh great great you movies. should oh is he a monster you should do him on the on the your podcast yeah he is a bit of a monster oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean look monster you know but like I said I'm trans transitioning into more of a human so I'm kind of mm-hmm. although you guys have some monsters too I guess don't you yes some humans yeah. are in fact monsters and some monsters have yeah. more humanity than most humans it's a tricky kind of um yeah, path a bit of a, bit of a gray area here. yeah um oh so- i didn't answer your question madrin i'm so sorry so once i got the money together got the face i ha- i've had various jobs um i worked at a um one of those sorry the word food shops i guess i was at the uh, mcdonald's uh, oh yes um, oh, okay, and okay, yeah, yeah. I, w- I made them a sauce there for their their big mac burger i made that sauce now did you um, did you work the cash or did they have you working in the back no i was in the back i made the sauce you know the I sauce see. everyone right. goes the big yeah, mac yeah. sauce yeah, yeah i made the big mac yeah, Wait, yeah. So are you saying that you originated the big mac sauce yeah i made that yeah yeah wow. like you came up with the recipe yeah. for big mac sauce that's yeah, like yeah, me yeah. Yeah, wow, that's really impressive. That is a very popular item. Yeah. Was, there, was there a sauceology in, in Boogie School as well? Do you have some sort of advanced um, sauce uh, awareness? Yes, Boogie Sauce, Boogie okay. Sauce 101, Boogie Sauce 102. You had each year you had a, because we really like, anyway, we, we, we didn't just like, people didn't like to eat children with no sauce on it. But what right. I found is I never liked humans. So actually I'm a vegetarian. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I did have that question that so so it is mm-hmm. very much like an eating. Like it's not like um like a, like a draining. Is there a draining that occurs of the soul or it's more like an like an eating of the soul? I think in or different... just the actual physical child. Do you actually physically eat the child like bones mm-hmm. and skin? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it depends. I think there's a different school of thought on that, depending where you are and in the world, different approaches. Mm. In my family, certainly um, full full eaters. I came from a, a line of eat, of child eaters. Okay. And I just, so I grew up thinking that was normal. You have to, you have to remember this is, you, you, you are what you know, right? So I just, I thought that was normal. So I gave it a try. I just was never into it. So like I said, now I'm veggie. And so I have to eat a lot of, I have to get my protein from somewhere and I don't have a lot of money, like I said. So I eat a lot of bugs and worms and that sort of thing uh, just so, to get my protein. So just to, just to throw this back just a little bit, you're, you're saying that the McDonald's sauce, the, the signature yeah. sauce is the sauce that you used to eat humans with. 
and by extension is now the same sauce that everyone uses to eat burgers. Well, I I mean, I had invented it at McDonald's. I it didn't exist prior. Oh, okay. it, it was a sim okay. it was the the forebearer of okay. of the Big Mac sauce. Yeah, you could say that. I tinker with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um interesting. Well, I, I like that. I like that you know when when people bring parts of their culture, parts of their heritage, things that they've grown up with, you know, mm -hmm. in, in many cultures, food is very, very important. And it's part of who they are as a people. So, you know, I like that you have brought some of your boogeyness into your new life as kind of a human. Mm -hmm. And you're, you know, you're, you've got your, it's the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. I, I quite admire well, that. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I feel real bad about the, the eating and, and, the, and all, all the, that thing. So I'm trying to undo some of that, right? Mm -hmm. So, so I've done some other work as well. Um, I worked on some stranger danger ads. I don't know if you've oh, uh, yeah. ever seen though. I did the, were you the, the, the research? The, well, I did the, were you the danger uh, or, or were you the, um, the, the savior of the stranger I, danger? I guess you could say, since I knew what worked for uh -huh. like this, you know what I mean? The stranger danger situation, mm -hmm. I was trying to, to, to kind of, I guess I helped with the realism of the ads yeah, yeah, yeah. and and try to make it real, but also in the end, um, something that would be a good public service announcement. Um, fun fact, I also worked as a stand-in for The Stranger um, oh. on two occasions. Wow. Yeah, they, they didn't want to use me for the actual commercial because of my face. Oh, oh. I also think that... Um... You know, being in such a public position in, in, you know, in the human world in this way, this seems like it may have caused some friction amongst you and your community. Have you been um, dealing with any kind of kickback uh, with your newfound um, direction in life? Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, when you leave the, the family business, I guess you could call it. and uh, But basically, the family way of life is quite a bit of... Um, Resentment. They they don't want to talk to me. They they, they don't want to talk to me. Um, you know, uh, I no one wants to talk. I mean, my my cousin, uh, who was he's known as the seven o'clock man. Oh, he, uh, yeah. no, I nothing from him. I used to, to stay Not in touch. Not even him. I used to stay in touch with him. We'd 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 ring each other up around you know six six thirty. Then he'd get busy, mm -hmm. but um, but nothing. And and my family's just. Uh, They've really left me on my own, but you know what? That's fine because I think what they're doing is wrong. I think we need to stop it, and and I'm here and I'm here for it. I'll give you all the tips. Yeah. Oh, you have tips. I, do you mind? Do you mind? This is just kind of a like maybe it's my it's my own celebrity gossip kind of thing. But uh, as we were talking about before, the seven o'clock man. Uh, oh, do you know him? Well, I don't know him personally, but I, I do know that he just tends by reputation. To, he's a yeah, great guy. He's a great guy. If you get to know him, he's yeah. Well, so my question, actually, a character. So I, as we were talking about beforehand, is that he tends to boogie uh, French Canadian families, but the, uh, a person that every I I think a lot of Canadians know that's a French Canadian character as well as Bonhomme is you know is the big snowman and he's the mascot for all of their winter activities. And so I was just I was kind of wondering. Does your cousin know Bonhomme? I think, I think he does. Yeah, he would, he would tell me, you know, occasionally I would hear someone just rattling away in the background and he, and he'd just be like, yes, it's Bonhomme, it's my bud Bonhomme, you know, just kind of, I don't know, his accent, sometimes I would miss stuff, but I think that's what he was saying. He seemed 
I mean, he doesn't have a lot of friends, right? So I think that's the guy. I think that's his only friend, if I'm not mistaken. I could be well, wrong. He's got a, he's got a red. He's got a red stocking cap, and he's kind of he's a big snowman. Okay. Yeah, that does ring a bell. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just I, don't, I have to. Yeah. Not to be confused. Bonham is very uh, with, famous. Uh, Frosty, you know. A oh different, yeah, different. Yeah, two different. different yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, just to you, you mentioned that you might have some tips for for dealing with a with a boogie person. If you know, let's use our intern for example. We we sent um, uh, Timothy over today, and Timothy is um, just just so you know, Madrin. Timothy is uh, legally as an adult, um, but is kind of yes. one of those like OC style adults. Like um, they're like about twenty years old, but they look like a teen, so sure. they seemed like they could maybe find their way into your I'm kind of what we call it dimension reality there. So mm -hmm. so Timothy mm -hmm. is there now. If Timothy Wait, is Timothy there? I should also confirm. Is Timothy there? Um, yeah, no, t yes, yeah, Timothy. Yep, yeah, he's here. Yeah. And is he doing okay? Yeah, he's doing great. Yeah, with Timothy and I, we were we were playing um, uh, Chinese checkers earlier. Oh. Um. Yeah, good lad. Yeah, he's nice. Great. Okay. Well, yeah. that's that's um that's a surprise, really. I, I you know sometimes our interns don't make it, but I'm thrilled he's a, he's uh, kind of branching out, learning some new things. Well, maybe making some new friends down there yeah no um timothy i mean I, I at first he was hesitant i'm not gonna lie i mean uh -huh. i get that a lot but i think i think he's warmed up to me i mean look that's right timothy do you, timothy oh did he wander off uh does he do that is that is that's a normal thing he does right he didn't just leave me he's not just leaving me um. like my mom and dad did you know, oh, like um, he's not. You know known. what? Maybe, maybe when when we're done the podcast, Timothy. You know, uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll just text him. Yeah, you. we'll maybe, text maybe him. Maybe he went out to get Big Macs. Yeah, or like a oh, pack of smokes or something like that. I He'll did mention for sure. Okay, he probably he's, he probably just got hungry. We spent all this time yeah. talking about sauce. You know. Oh, um, yeah. But let's say hypothetically, you know, let's not let's put put this sure. into the universe literally. Yeah. But let's imagine. Timothy has now wandered off into some plane of existence that I'm unfamiliar with. If he was to run into another boogie person, any tips on him uh, for him to not get eaten or like, you know, some tactics he can try? Yeah. Maybe some of so, our younger listeners would be curious about this as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So the I can only speak to my sort of line, my, my, descend my schooling uh of of boogie people um i imagine there's there's many others but i i from my understanding they they really hate pop music so pop all you music. have to do yeah you just have to blare that that oh, shit. Like, my like music yeah running up that hill and stuff like that yeah it's a very strangers thing oh yes of, uh... that that new song that's one of those new ones that you need to play to really well, it's, uh, an old, it's an oldie but a goodie new apparently 40 year old song it's yeah. so but it's so new Top right of the charts. i think it's it's new <laughs> it's new to me so it's yeah new. well i guess oh. you you have a uh maybe i, I don't want to guess your age i'm always a little bit curious you seem like you've existed for maybe a little bit longer than we have Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it really could just be a you know a couple couple decades, just you know nothing really. If you if you've got a long span of a spiritual existence, yeah. But I guess my my human time, my time here in in human land, mm -hmm. um, has been I guess sh short, roughly mm -hmm. you know roughly same as yours. Um, 
But yeah, pop music, my understanding, not a, they're you know not going to be a big fan. They might just go right down mm. back through that portal, uh, head somewhere else. Mm. Um, Good to ke- know. Ketchup, not a big fan of ketchup. Ketchup, uh, I don't like ketchup either. Yeah. That sauce, that sauce is not ne- for them. I've never liked it. I don't it's know. It's very I'm... sugary. I don't. Get so it. I guess yeah, put some little ketchup it, packets in your bedside table. You know, kind of like yeah. the, like garlic for for vampires. That's but, good. But you're gonna want. They need to smell it. So you gotta have to open one up and kind of squirt it and on. And like waft it. Waft, waft it, it or, or just put it on something in the closet. You know, have a little okay. dish or something in there. Yeah, uh-huh. I think that would buy a that, fan. That oh would, yeah, that would yeah. clear the room. That would do it. Yeah, I think that would pretty well do it. Huh. Good to know. Yeah. Keep like a little like a little ramekin on your nightstand just to keep mm. them away. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, had, I had one more question here that that I was curious about, which is, you know, you are a boogie person, but does a boogie person have a boogie person? Like, is there a boogeyman for the boogeyman? Do you have anything that you're afraid of lingering around your beds and closets? Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a good question. I think, I think we've just been painted into this corner and we've just been made to feel like we're this, the big bully. And I mean, we are, we're eating kids. I mean, we are, we, let's be fair. That's there is what, some, there is some child so, eating, which is generally frowned upon at least in our universe. Yeah. But then, you know, who's, who's the boogie to us? Well, I, I can't say for sure because I'm no longer us. I'm really trying mm-hmm. to leave this, this cult. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've learned this word. I feel like that's what I have been a part of. I wonder if then, by extension, you're the boogie person to the boogie people. Ooh, you know, the fear oh that they might turn into you and oh, that they meta. fear you. Oh, they Because might. you're the new generation. They're, they're afraid of your non-child-eating ways. They might think that I didn't choose this life. Yeah. They might think that you guys did this to me. Well, I don't that, know about that. Whoa, I don't know about that implication. Whoa. Let's uh, let's be very clear. Uh, you, you're welcome to be any type of uh, boogie person that you would like to be, and and um, no other boogie people need to have any qualms. Your with life, them. your choice. Imagine it myself. You know, anyway, that's a logic you could find. Um, I wasn't saying you specifically. I just mean okay, that cool. that that people, mm-hmm. you know, the big bad humans, cause you know, from their perspective mm-hmm. did this to me. And so you're right. Maybe they, maybe that's why they don't want to talk to me. Maybe because they're, they're afraid of you. They're actually afraid. Yeah. They're, they don't dislike you. They're afraid of you. Maybe they think they're going to be like you and, and get soft. You but know? like, it's really not so bad being, I guess, soft as you put it. I mean, yeah. I've learned so much about the world and I just, I've learned to, to enjoy and to hang out with my new friends, mm-hmm. like like Timothy. And Timothy. Tim- Timothy. He'll be back. We're gonna text him. We're gonna text him. He's gonna be. We'll text him. He'll he'll circle back. You you're not finished that game of Chinese checkers yet, so yeah. I'm sure he's gonna want to want to wrap that up. No, I was um, definitely gonna win though. Okay. Um, well, hopefully but... Timothy's not a sore loser. Maybe he's too competitive. Oh. Didn't well. think about that. I wasn't rubbing it in. I would never do that. No. I mean, like I said, I've really been working on my human social skills. I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm doing all right with it. You know? Yeah. Which side of your yeah. face were you using more when you were conveying your, your kindness? Oh, uh, he was kind of to my right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, so yeah. maybe he well, just maybe, you know, misread yeah. the situation. You okay. Know? Well, maybe he just needed some, just some air. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we're, you know, don't yeah. judge a book by its cover, you know. Everybody no, no, no. There's, it does get a little stuffy in this boiler room. So, uh-huh. I, you know, he might need to. Oh, a boiler um, room. 
Okay, so that's a little bit of a, it's a bit of a trigger for, for um, people who've watched films in, in the 1980s as well. Not a great reputation, Boiler Rooms. Oh, what movies? I don't, okay. Well, There's anyway, this, um, I, it, just, it was just okay. a temporary spot. Okay. It looked you're not, like it you're was... not wearing like, a, like an orange and black shirt, are you? Like stripes? No. No, okay, that's no, good. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just couldn't tell you. I like that you had to look there. and check. Yeah, I, I you do remember. Have, do you have a couple of those in your wardrobe? I though? do. I have previously worn. Yeah, good yeah. to know. That's yeah. a good. Yeah, and uh, like if you have um kind of uh, pointy claw finger gloves, uh, try to avoid those too. No, I think I'm good. I you know I okay. maybe my bike gloves look a little. I'll look into that. I'm always open to fashion advice. Honestly, yeah, yeah. I'm not very good at it. The whole wearing cute wearing clothes mm -hmm. uh thing mm -hmm. um so so i appreciate that yeah, yeah maybe that's yeah. what it was yeah it's just uh just uh, maybe mixed signals there um from their okay. own um from okay. their own background good, well good we've uh, arrived at madrin's favorite segment of the show which is our uh with our dying breath pitch segment uh, so here's the way that it works, Peter. Essentially, uh, we describe a scenario in which um, we are uh, about to die, or perhaps you can just say, with my dying breath, and then you, you pitch our listeners something that you, you really enjoyed. Could be a local business, could be uh, something that you're working on, could be someone you admire, really any of that. Um, do you have something you'd like to share? I, I've got something too as well. Imagine might have something, we usually do. With, you know, with my dying breath, I just think that everyone should be kind to each other mm. and be nice mm -hmm. uh, and, and love each other for who they are and, and not and not all this, you know, who they might be, who their family is and all this stuff. I mean, just just truly just get to know people, sit down, play a board game. They're not going to run away and leave you. Mm -hmm. They won't. They'll come back. And, and 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 when they come back, you'll be best friends, and you'll be so glad that you gave them that opportunity. Good call. Yeah. Well, you're. I'd love to play a board game with you sometime as well, uh, Peter. I, I think you'd be really good at it. Um, That'd we'll be great. Sure I'll meet we... you in your upstairs closet. Okay. Uh, well, maybe just um, not today. I have some plans, but soon. We'll. we'll no, we'll, I'll uh, swing we'll by whenever stuff. I'm free. I'll just swing uh, by whenever I'm. free. Okay. You know. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, well, you know, um, Madrin. I have always been interested in archery. Uh, and so I imagine that it would be uh, not uncommon um, for there to be a bit of an incident involving archery. So let's say that I was going out to the archery range and I, I got a really new high-tech bow that's like pretty powerful and I'm pulling it back, but it does a, it just misses the target and does a kind of like cartoon style bouncing around the room. Because in this scenario, I was doing an indoor archery thing and there was a lot of like rubber, you know, areas and it's just really picking up steam and just gets me right through the heart. Um, and then I decide, well, you know, if I'm going out, I'm going to get the bullseye. So I do it again and I miss again. And then I just get it right through uh, the neck. So now I've got an arrow through my heart and through my neck. And I'm kind of like pulling them out and I'm losing blood, but I decide that I am very interested in Toronto theater and I am going to hold on to that, that dying breath. And I am going to put some towels over my wounds. Um, and, you know, there's not enough energy to get to the hospital. That's not how I want to spend my final hour. So I decide to spend my final hour 
uh, catching a show called Dead Broke, which is playing at the Toronto Finch Festival. It is a show that I wrote, therefore I would be very interested in seeing it. Um, it is a kind of dark comedy thriller about a university student that moves into an abandoned home that you quickly realize you should not have moved into. Um, it has some uh, almost horror elements, but it also has some very, I think, relatable uh, elements for anybody who has struggled to find housing. It's gonna be super fun. It's playing at the Tarragon Extra Space from July 8th to 17th. You can get tickets at fringetoronto.com. I, I cannot wait. Uh, for people to see it and to hear what they think, especially listeners of our podcast who listen to me talk about scary, spooky genre movies every two weeks. Uh, this is going to be a show that you're really going to enjoy. And then as the final uh, lights dim, uh, I die <laughs> in the audience, uh, thrilled with my experience. And that's my uh, dying breath. Uh, imagine. Uh, let's see. Uh, I am a uh, passenger on a on a luxury cruise liner and it's a oh. very fancy trip and uh i saved up a ton of money to go on this very fancy trip um and uh we end up we're and the trip goes to someplace that is very cold mm -hmm. and uh we're having a lovely day uh, we've been out on the the boat for two days now and the food is great and the entertainment is lovely there's a lovely uh string quartet oh what could possibly uh, go wrong what could possible? Well, as it turns out, uh, we hit an iceberg. Oh no! And it just tears into the side of the ship, and the ship fills with water, and then it tears in half. And there are all these people who are uh, up in the air, and they're trying to cling to the side of the boat, and then mm -hmm. they're falling into the water. And there's and no like part of the boat you could fit on. There are no, yeah, no debris. They didn't have enough. They didn't have enough life rafts and uh and uh, uh and uh james cameron is there and uh celine dion and uh i end up clinging to uh, a, a floating piece of iceberg and it's very cold and then the iceberg starts to melt under me and so i end up slipping into the water and then with my final dying breath i say Oh, if anybody is around on Friday, they should listen to Will on the radio. Uh, tune yeah. into Radio Regent, and uh, he has a very fun and in-depth conversation about his show Dead Broke. It's so true. So you get a great idea as to what the play is going to be about, and you can hear Will talk with incredible enthusiasm about the work that he and his fellow castmates and creative crew have done and uh it'll just get you super pumped and jazzed for going to see will's show dead broke at the toronto fringe at the tarragon theater extra space mm -hmm. first show is on july 8th and everyone should first listen to him on the radio talking with great enthusiasm about his show and then go and see it because you're just so jazzed from having listened to his radio appearance oh well thanks yeah peter you should come <laughs> check it out I and definitely then, should. I also did the dying breath thing wrong. I oh, didn't, no. I'm oh, still no. learning my human stuff, so I didn't do it right. Oh, I think you did it just fine. So we, I we, didn't we like We went to a big die. long scenario. Well, you yeah. did die with your dying breath. But have, I do, guess. You, do you even die? Is I was that something say, are that you even, can happen? Do you actually die? Are you capable of that? 
I don't know. I don't think so. But like, I guess if I was going to die, the way that like I fear it would happen is that I would be in like a department store for closets and I'd be walking around looking for like a nice new closet because that's something you buy. And then I would, you know, open a door to see what the inside of one looked like. And then it would be my entire family there and they would and they would all make a death curling scream and then just bite into me and then with my dying breath I would yell why can't you love me for who I am and then Timothy who would be with me that whole time would reach out and hold my hand and say it's okay we can still go and see dead broke at the Toronto fringe (laughs) yeah Timothy did he he RSVP'd so I hope that he he might even have an extra ticket available for you I'll check the I'll I'll double check the list oh that would be great I'll have to check with with him if not um I'll just come and just watch it from backstage just tell your just tell the whole cast I'll be there with them the whole time backstage yeah you know it might help them really get that would really help with the ambiance of the play I have to say yeah yeah Yeah. if we were just hanging out back there that would really really get us going don't worry no one no one will notice me I'll be really stealthy do you have any younger cast members under the age of you know 18 16 uh no okay good then no No. one will at all be bothered by my presence there I'm sure of it great 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 Awesome. Well, just I'll just tell them that we got an, an, an assistant stage manager that's going to be helping out. So this is great. I okay. would love to do that. Just tell me how to do that thing and I'll do it. Okay. Well, it sounds like you're coming by later today. Uh, yes. So I'll, I'll fill you in. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll put just you Just pop in through the closet. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll, you know I'll, me. I'll, leave, I'll leave you a little snack. Uh, but not a not no a ketchup snack. Not a, no ketchup and no children. You know, just like a human Big sex. Mac sauce. Big Mac sauce. Just all just Big buy some sauce. Big Mac sauce. I just like it sauce. on stuff, but okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll start with the sauce and move on from there. Um, well, thank you so much to everyone for joining us for another episode of Dead Broke. We're hitting 18 nope, episodes. That's not, nope, monstrology. Oh my God. Uh, monstrology. You got it on the brain. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for, oh my God, 18 episodes of Dead Broke. But doing one was uh, <laughs> was enough to turn uh, an 18th uh, sequel. No, uh, episode 18 of uh, Monstrology. Uh, we are thrilled that you were able to join us. And uh, until the next episode, uh, stay safe. I hope that you are joined by as many or as few monsters uh, as you would wish. And uh, have a great two weeks. Bye. Bye. Monstrology is homegrown Canadian content, co-hosted by Will King and Madrin McCabe, edited and produced by Will King, and distributed on the Podbean platform. As a young hatchling podcast, it means a lot to us if you rate, review, and subscribe to Monstrology on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever your monsters are found. Mm